This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. It's not the long flowing breath that you're in. This song I picked it because I think it's like one of the, the coolest songs I've heard this year. I think it's haunting. And I, I'm a big believer in songs about like that deep kind of love. If you listen to all the words, it's basically saying... He's just going to, like, live every moment as if it's the biggest gift in the world. That kind of love is something else. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle! That's what this is. We are so excited. My name is Maggie Mayfield, host of this show, alongside David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Hollywood Secret Weapon. I haven't said that in several episodes. Uh, I know, and I've taken note. <laughs> I, 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 I like having a nickname, and Hollywood Secret Weapon is the best nickname ever, so... Well, Use jo- it. Joining, Abuse it. <laughs> joining us today is comedian, producer, actress, Lana Turner. Welcome. Oh, thank you. I'm Lana. so happy to be here. Yeah, happy hey, to guys. have you. <laughs> I've been stalking you online now for quite some time because you just create, and we'll get to this, I'm sure, but you just created this amazing visual album in response to Beyonce's <laughs> Lemonade called Limeade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love Lemonade. I, I just thought that was amazing, right? Yeah. And then I had this opportunity to shoot a bunch of music videos for my new comedy album. And uh, we decided to go with the visual album concept. And then we just full on. And it's not. It's, I consider it more of an homage than a parody. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yep. still, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is so good. And Thank it's you. Uh, not safe for work. We'll just put it that way. Just some of the lyrics. Yeah, it's definitely. I tend to toe the line a little bit with stuff. No. <laughs> or cross the line. I jump over. I hurdle the line. Yeah. 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 I've been sharing it with some uh, Charlie Hester, Dave, that you might mm-hmm. remember that yeah. was on the show, who's a musical comedian also. And she likes to get pretty dirty. And I've shared your stuff. And she's like, Lana's amazing. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. No, we're super, we're super big fans. So how did... How did you get started, A, in comedy, and B, doing music? Well, I started in comedy doing music. I was playing, I played guitar since I was in second grade. How did, who introduced you? Who, how did you pick it up? My father played guitar, which is good because we're going to get into it because of my okay. song selection. Oh, nice. But nice. my sister took piano and they tried to get me on the piano and I didn't want to be anything like her. So I, I went with guitar. She older? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, I, but my parents, if they have knew that I would end up doing what I'm doing, they probably would have cut off the lessons. <laughs> like, no way they want me to be doing what I'm doing, but it's cool. So yeah, I, I started playing guitar and then I started writing songs, but I was really introverted, believe it or not. I was actually really shy. And uh, after college, I'd, I started trying to come out of my shell and I would play songs that I wrote in coffee shops and places, open mics. Wow. And um, I had a couple of funny songs and I played a couple of those and people just would light up to the funny ones. And one day somebody said, why don't you go to the Houston Laugh Stop and play those funny songs? And I was, I just, it put a bug in my brain and I walked in and it, the crazy thing is, is I got work as a comedian two months after I did my first open mic because I had songs. I was mm-hmm. ready. I could do 10, 15 minutes of material quickly. Wow. I know it was crazy. And, and so I did my first week at a club in which the I walked off stage and the club owner like put $20 in my hand Wow! and I couldn't believe I literally looked at him and I was like what is this for and he said <laughs> you just got paid for for performing and I was like 
oh my God, I, I can make money doing this. Like wow. it's been nearly 20 years and I still, I make the same amount of money <laughs> ah, <God. laughs> pretty much, but it, uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy to make money doing something. Well, you, had you, you had an act. You had an act. I did. I did. And I, I realized it. It, like people loved the funny songs and I have a knack for writing dirty, funny songs. So mm-hmm. it just, I just went for it. Do you remember what some of those first songs were? Do you still perform them? I can still perform them. I rarely do, not because they're not good. They're just, you know, they're just old. But my first song, um, the comedy song that I ever wrote, I was listening. I was driving home from college and I was like flipping stations. There's not too many stations that were working. It was between like San Marcos, Texas and Houston. And I heard a song by the Judds called Daddy's Hands mm-hmm. about how Daddy's Hands reminded her of her childhood. And just a really heartfelt song. And I started laughing at it. And I, I, <laughs> oh, I wrote my own go. version of Daddy Hands, yeah. this, an incest version. The lyrics, I kind of like wrote them on a piece of paper, threw them on the seat next to me. And then I was singing the song and driving down the road. And a tire flew out in front of me wow. and flipped my car um, I totaled it. It was a Volvo. Oh, my God. Oh, I good thing it was a Volvo. It was, because yeah, I tank. walked away. I had some injuries, but I was, uh, but the if had I not been in that car, I probably would have been way jacked up. Wow. And uh, interestingly, though, the lyrics actually went out the window onto the road next to the car on the side of the freeway. And I was walking around the car, and I found the lyrics, and I put them in my pocket. And the next morning when I woke up super sore and hurting, I wrote the song with my guitar. And a year later, I did my first open mic. Wow. So so this inspiration think... of incest <laughs> is, is then interrupted by an errant tire, which yes. causes you to flip your Volvo. Yes. I'm just doing a review yeah. here. And the beat goes on. And then the I'm a comic. Yeah. But you know, it, wow. was, it was one of those things I was like, there's a reason. Like, I have to, I have to pursue this now because I nearly died in the, in like a moments after I, you know, I think it was probably being punished. Are you a, are you a spiritual person? Do you believe in God? Ah, uh, mm, I don't, not Do you in think like that a, was a message from the universe, the cosmos? God, if it I, was, what was the message? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. But like the past few years. I've been delivered some really hard blows and things that, you know, look, I'm not narcissistic enough to think that something is watching out for me because I've traveled enough around the world and seen enough shitty things happen to great people, like Mm. really shitty things. Like Mm. all you have to do is go to the third world and you can see some of the worst poverty of, you know. And so for me to assume that like some benevolent force is keeping me safe, it's really uh, narcissistic and self-centered. But like I've been able to land on my feet a lot through some pretty heinous shit lately. So I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I'm not a religious person, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm just curious. I mean, I, I think we can all sort of we we talk about this on the show kind of regularly, like what our beliefs are and that that kind of a thing. And so, yeah, I was just curious. You know, I, I was it a sign? <laughs> it might have been. Okay. I, I just, I really, my whole philosophy is just try and be the best person I can, like mm-hmm. not try and hurt anybody and help other people. And that's why karma really does work because by just being the best person you can be, then kind of things always come back. I I mean, people from years ago have come around this year and just been super supportive. Right. It, it's it's amazing. I hear you. So hence Limeade. Limeade was the was exactly that. I mean, my co-producer, Joey G, is a comedian out of Florida. I met him over 10 years ago. We became friends. And the connection with him spawned that movie, which that short film is 
spawned another movie that we're supposed to start shooting if everything you know indies are so touch and go (laughs) we have everything going and then something happens we're like no and then we have to get it back on the rails so we're supposed to start shooting this independent film in like the next few weeks and it's another project that that i created with joey and um like it looks like it's going to happen but i I hesitate to talk about it but joey's amazing and and limeade again is is sort of like was a lot of heartache that happened because it's about the breakup of my marriage wow. yeah. how long have you been doing stand-up now oh uh, like 18 years yeah. yeah more people should know me by now <laughs> <laughs> i am unique in that i have ch- have kids so i've been able to stay in stand-up and have children but having kids means that maybe i wasn't able to focus as much the last when they were little on i was always did stand up but now is really when i have to get out there more i've been working so hard now yeah you have two kids two one of whom is here one of whom is sitting out there enjoying herself because she has screen time oh yeah okay digital babysitter (laughs) nine-year-old april april and who's the other one august he's eight and eight oh my gosh they're really close they were close to yeah so i was busy still am yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm a single mom like Mm -hmm. 100 percent. so it's really it's hard but they're they're the best thing and so I'm really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say religious, but I'm blessed. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we're talking. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, there's just so much room, I think, these days for a humble, open, compassionate, loving, optimistic kind of perspective on stuff. And a wheel's in front of me. Where's my song? Oh, I'm going to keep doing this. You know? Right. There's hope. Right. There's hope in your story, yes. Lana. Yes, that a, yeah. a perverted incest song could take me to this place where I'm sitting <laughs> right now with you guys. Hallelujah. Had that tire not happened, Amen. I didn't have a perverted heart <laughs> and Speak. mind, then, then I wouldn't be here right now, uh-huh. <laughs> which is great to be here. So. Wow. Yeah, no, we're super glad that you're here. Can you talk a little bit about how the separation is going? Like, is it, I mean, at least... Are you guys taking care of the kids? I mean, is it, is it, I know that's like a, cause here I'm the, I'm the product of a divorce. Also, oh, me and too. We were, we were the tool, the weapon against our parents. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, and we were a bi-coastal family. So my dad was in New Jersey. My mom decided to split up and, and move out here to California. And so we were, we were a weapon for my, that's unfortunate. My Absolutely. Um, I'm not really supposed to talk too much about it, but the kids have always lived in California and this is our home and it's, no, that's, you know, here's the thing. If anybody's like thinking about getting a divorce or doing a divorce, like it doesn't make sense to fight about it. That's the only thing I'm going to say because it's just expensive and it just doesn't end outside of that. I I don't, I'm, I I don't want, I shouldn't really talk about it, No, but but the kids are doing good and they're with me all the time and I'm taking great care of them and I, they're awesome. Uh, Do you think they're going to be comedians? I hope not (laughs) because then I'm damaging them. (laughs) I want to minimize the damage because comedians are so broken. Kids are so different too. I bet August is very, even though they're close in age, I bet August is like totally different. So different. It was crazy because he's such a boy from the day I met him Mm -hmm. and everything he does is, you know, I, I used to be sort of a. Is it environment? Is it, you know, genetic? Yeah, like, what are yeah. the things that make up these gendered specifications? But the, like, the day he came out of me, he was, like, ready to throw, like, a, a ball. And, I, you know, I just... And whereas <laughs> my, my daughter is, like, she's so girly girl. And so I just... And I used to dress her in skull and crossbone onesies and, you know, 
put her in little boy clothes and people would be like, look at your little girl. So uh-huh. <laughs> when, when you were a little kid, did you think about you wanted to be married, have kids? And all no. That? No. I did surprise, not. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I know. I did not want to get married. <laughs> Scratch. <laughs> yeah. As I really didn't understand the concept of it. But what I I loved being I loved being married because it was weird. It was like the day when we got married, I, I, from that moment on, I was like totally invested in him because it was like whatever was best for the family unit was what I was going to do for. Mm. And, and at the time, his career was going really good. So I'm going to give him as much energy as I can. Yeah. And and I loved that. I mean, it was really fun for a long time. And then the idea of having children. Look, I mean, I never changed the diaper until I had my daughter. I was not a maternal person. I wasn't one of those little girls like dreaming about a baby, but I wanted the experience mm-hmm. and I'm really glad I did it because, you know, I mean, I used to think when I saw a pregnant woman, I'd be like, oh my God, that looks contagious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Get her away from me. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, but then I loved being pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I probably would have had a third at some point. I mean, I loved it, but it, it's that I'm, I'm very happy now to be single. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, yeah. it's its own Evan thing. You have yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. what did Louis C.K. does that bit, no good marriage ends. Like, <sighs> there's like that whole bit about it, yeah. which no happy marriage ends, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, good old Louis. Also divorced. And it took about two years for everything to like kind of settle through. But I got divorced in Illinois and it, they have this rule where you have to be separated for six months and one day before they'll even look at your paperwork. It's state getting involved in I, your life. I know. I know. It's the same thing. Is and, it similar here? Well, California, no. But like a percentage, like everything but custody is in Tennessee and it's a religious state. So they like <sighs> still view you as married until it's it's gone, which mm-hmm. I haven't lived in Tennessee and. What, six, seven years? I, I I gave birth to my son there, and then we moved back to California. Yeah. But I don't know. Somehow this whole thing got moved there, so mm. I'm just dealing with it. Uh, yeah. I know. You just kind of have to. Yeah. I want to be over. It's such a negative topic, though. It's not. But the the positive thing that came out of it, it mm-hmm. I had a tremendously creative burst because I it hurt. It hurt really, really bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and that's how I wrote this album all about. And I mean, the... I'm really, it's the best work I've ever done. It came from, because I think comedy can come from a, a really sad place. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so relatable. I mean, when I perform now, I feel like I, I can relate to so many people in the mm-hmm. audience because you've been there. You Bingo. Know? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly absolutely. right. I mean, yeah. it is, it, it's a, I don't know, it's a negative topic. It's, it's an identifiable one. And yeah. it's one I think the more we, the more we get together, the happier we'll be because yeah. mm-hmm. I relate. Yeah. You know, Maggie relates. Mm-hmm. Are 14,000 downloads related? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least 50% of you are divorced well, or going to be. No, or, or get jammed up, you know, get your yeah. heart broken, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and I don't know. Well, every time you get into any relationship, you're exposing yourself to the potential of a heartache. <laughs> And that's why Limeade is so good. I gotta listen to Limeade. You can laugh Isn't that like the best part of a relationship, though, is being that vulnerable and surrendering to that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I guess. I don't know. I haven't She's gone like, back no, into that. I'm not, no, I'm not ready for that quite yet. It's hard. It's super hard. So. Yeah. D i v o r c e. You ever hear that song? Part? No. Oh, it's, I think it's a, some country western song. D i v o r c e. I'm going through the big D and don't mean Dallas. Sh- 
I got the Jeep and she got the palace. Ah, (laughs) That's great. Long before we were here, this has been a topic. That is hilarious. I love that. You've never heard, I'll play that for you. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's a great song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lana, let's get into your song, shall we? Here we we go. Okay. Song number one. (laughs) iTunes Shuffle. Here's a song for all you duckies. Six little ducks that I once knew. Love it. Fat one, skinny one, fair one, too. But the one little duck with the feather on his back, he led the others with his quack, quack, quack. He led the others with his quack, quack, quack. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I know the song, but who's doing it? Raffi. This is Raffi. Okay. I don't have kids. I got nieces and nephews. I I grew up on Raffi because I'm Canadian. So my first concert as a child was Raffi live at the library. (laughs) Raffi live at the library was your first concert? It was our local library. In Toronto, Name just of down the, library? the street. A, I don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> it was um, <laughs> it was in North York, Toronto, and uh, my mom got tickets or whatever. We went down there. It was you know like just a bunch of kids on the floor, like in the video. Uh, but that was my first concert, and I think I was inspired by Rafi to, to write songs later in life because. He was so funny and uh-huh. so great, and I don't know. I've always, when I had kids, I started listening to Rafi again, and that song was my son's favorite. He would sing it, but when they're babies, and quack quack, I can't even. Wow. And it's just the cutest thing. So I love Rafi. He's, he's timeless. You grew up in Toronto. I did well, Toronto, what? and then I, we moved to Texas. Well, how how old were you before you moved? Well, I was born actually in Sarnia, Ontario, which is a small town near um, off in. Uh, Lake Huron, mm-hmm. near, right right across from Michigan. And then we moved to Toronto for quite a few years. I We moved to, I remember I, 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 my move to Texas with puberty because I was okay. like the worst yep. puberty of all. Like I had to start a new school and I was like, nobody was paying attention to me at home. And I had like armpit hair and BO and like I went to a brand new <laughs> elementary school and I was like for the next or, uh, junior high. For the, and like it was also the innocence of this little Canadian bubble that we were in. We went from... Like the, be, I was like a little girl going into a junior high with like kids that took drugs and and oh, like wow. sexually active girls and that were wearing like lacy panties and I I just hit puberty and I had and I didn't even know like how to shave my pits like it was that bad yeah why so, did you move to Texas what yeah. was the deal? Um, my father worked for Exxon mm. in Canada uh, SO uh, and SO yeah, yeah for sure and yeah. they traveled all around the world they lived in twenty or. At least twenty different houses and ever um, in Scotland and, and uh... um they lived in Holland and okay. Japan yeah. and I mean a number of different places. The oil for, business as my father's career in Houston was where they moved him, and so we lived in two different, actually three different houses in Houston. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do you have dual citizenship? I do. Wow. Yeah, because my my parents are Americans, but I was born in Canada. Okay. So yeah, that's always an option. <laughs> I know. It's a good option. I know. Keep that in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> This is kind of cool, yeah. So, what's it like growing up in Canada? The, the, there was major differences between, you know, North York, Toronto, and where we first moved, which was Clear Lake in Houston. Because mm-hmm. um, now we, I said I'm not religious, but I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. So in North York, that's just like New York or L.A. I mean, there's just yeah. like oh, you know tons of Jews, and Everywhere. then you move to Clear Lake, and you're like. People were asking you, where are your horns? I mean, I when I went off to college, uh-huh. my first roommate asked me, what's with the horns? Like, she was really, she never met a Jew before. Wow. I, I'm not kidding you. I worked in, in residential treatment in Los Angeles. 
And I was asked very seriously by a young kid if if Jewish people eat their children. Oh my wow. gosh! I am not. And this was an absolutely thirteen, fourteen year old. So I don't know that we can even regionalize anymore or get away with that in this day and age. That it's it's that's just a weird thing that I remembered. Wow. This is the darkest show. Why? <laughs> no and Raffi's come more Raffi. More, more Raffi, please. No darkness. Do you think Raffi eats children? <laughs> well, I know he does. How do, that's yeah. how he stays happy. Yeah, that's, that's how he writes all these he songs. Keeps his happiness he absorbs. In his tummy. <laughs> Sometimes I look at young kids and I think to myself, I'm like, if I could, would I suck the collagen out of them? <laughs> I just want to eat you. I just want to eat you. I, up. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to take some of your collagen. <laughs> the fountain of you. Yeah. Song some. number two. Okay. Oh, I I hate the song too. Great. You hate this one? That's a new thing for yeah, this. Yeah. Like I really don't like the song. It's annoying and it's grating and it's it's painful. Two, but... three, four. <laughs> I told you it's an odd selection. <laughs> Here we go. You can get down to this part. It's so pretty. The lyrics. I like it. Yeah. I mean, Peter, Paul, Mary. was a race Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah. yeah. And I wish. These are songs from my youth. Yes. This is a little bit before, I think, no? I'm 53. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my father, I told you he played guitar. Yeah. Okay, so he had Mike. Okay. And he had... Mike Turner? Yes. Cool name. And Mm -hmm. he's a cool dude. My dad's awesome. My father would play guitar, but not well. (laughs) (laughs) He never played very well, and he would sing... And not well. And what he would do with that is play up the not well of how he played. So he would play certain songs and especially this one. This was his go-to one in which he would sing it awful and play it terrible. And he would do it. <laughs> That's the log line for the album. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like he would. <laughs> Mike Turner sings it awful, awful and plays it, it terrible. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> but he would do it on purpose. And, he, you know, my father was also, he's, he was a, um, he is, or was, he's not currently working, he's retired, but he was an engineer. He was very dry and very quiet man. But he would bust out the guitar whenever he had friends or whatever, and dinner parties, or for, to entertain us as kids. And he would do that song and play it so off key that I would <laughs> roll on the floor. And so would, like, adults would just think it was the funniest thing because he was so funny when he would do it. But he was super quiet and introverted. And so I think that was one of my original, as it was Rafi, inspirations to do musical, musical comedy. comedy. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's the white tunes your, connection. What did your mother think of all this? When my father was playing yeah. off key, I will have to ask her. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to her next. Did she like leave the room? I like, think she would just roll her eyes. She's like, so oh, embarrassed. He's, he's taking out the guitar again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and and if they'd have again, if they'd have known they were inspiring like me to get my college degree yet 
pursue a career as a stand-up comedian. They <laughs> might have thought twice before yeah. <laughs> introducing me to all this stuff, but he really did inspire me. I, he was so funny. Yeah. It's so interesting as an adult, when you look back in your childhood, you're like, oh, there were the moments. Mm. Like, I've had a long, lucrative career in radio, and I look back now, like, at eight, nine years old, I would call in radio stations, obsessed with who was behind the microphone, who was answering the phone, why were they playing these songs? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course it makes sense. I would record things off of the radio. Like, of course, yeah. yes, that's well, why yeah. I would do it. So when you look back on that, it's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're living your childhood dream. I am. That's super amazing. So are you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you kind of put the pieces together in your life. and Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a chain of weird events. Mm-hmm. What's your mom like? Who's who's your mom? My, my mom is uh, <laughs> she she was a stay at home mom and she and a teacher and she helped my father with his career, which is also was highly influential to me because, like I said before, when I got married, it was all about his career, and so now I have to figure out how to have my own career, like which I'm doing a great job at. By the way, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying I'm not I don't have a career because I do I'm I'm doing really well, but she she was you know. She's a good mom. Yeah. I'm going to see them next week. They're coming in town. They're oh, cool. coming to help me. I, they're, they're really a positive influence, especially like my father is going to, is trying to help my son with, you know, having a positive male role model and stuff like that. So they'll be in for a good month. And I, and I'm oh, hoping wow. they, the intention is, is that I will be leaving town to work on this feature film that is supposed to come out next that, that I'm hoping everything falls in place again with this thing. So yeah. that's why they're coming in to help me with the kids and. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They've I been love tremendous. That you're so close. They're really, yeah. My parents are good people. What's uh, your mom's name? Arlene. Arlene. Yeah. Are they still in Texas? Shout out to Arlene. No, they live in Florida and they recently got sort of like a like an older community living place in right near my sister. Mm-hmm. So I think their goal would be to have a place close to my sister and her kids and and also spend time with me out here with my kids and, and maybe shake loose the Florida place so that way they can mm-hmm. be around. Because at that point of life, you really want to be with your grandchildren, you know? I, yeah. I would. Yeah. 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 My, my family split up all over the country. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, I get that desire, you know? I, I wish we were all closer. Yeah. All these years, we, we're really, yeah. Is it, what it is. It's hard when you're away from family. It's funny because when I never, I was like so happy to get away from family. When I moved to LA, I was like, thank God I'm like on the other side of the country. I don't have to be near my family. Uh-huh. And then I had kids and I was like, where is my family? Because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have, you know, when you have other people watch your kids, you, you don't know them at all. At least I know how my parents will f*** up my kids exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when they're with them for a month. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Song number three. I actually love this song. Sean Colvin to you what's this called um which is the um, Valentine I think is that right 
Polaroids. Oh, Polaroids. Oh, it's from Polaroids. her album. I think the album might be Polaroids. Polaroids. Am I right? And the song is... How'd you get influenced by it, this? Oh, I love Sean Colvin. She is so amazing. Um, so my prior career, I worked as a photojournalist. Oh, oh wow. Out of high school, I got... Um, I started looking for summer jobs, and I ended up working for local newspapers, and then I went on to college, and I hated my first university. The first school I went to, I, I didn't like it, and I got a job working. It was in Kerrville, Texas, and I got a job at the Kerrville Daily Times as a, almost, I was basically like full-time at the newspaper while I juggled classes, because I just didn't like the school. And that summer when I went back to Houston, I very ignorant and arrogantly walked into the Associated Press office and <laughs> dropped my resume in front of this man, Rick Bomer, who was one of the most amazing men I've ever known in my life. He was an AP photographer who mm-hmm. shot war zones to everything mm-hmm. and a beautiful person, highly influential on, on me in my life. And I got an internship at AP. And the following summer, I, I got some pictures on the wire and I was able to go to all kinds of events. But I would went back to university and I still worked in, I went back this time. I went to a school in San Marcos, Texas, right in between Austin and San Antonio. And then I started working for AP in Austin and and um, the local newspaper in San Marcos. And I was able to get press passes and all kind and get. And, you know, one of the cool things was I loved music, so I could go to every concert. I was broke, but I could. My camera opened up doors to every sporting event, every concert, every political event. I mean, I I would in one day I would shoot ten little league like. At 10 games. I would start in the morning from Little League, and I would end up in San Antonio and shoot a, a Spurs game. Wow. So it was so insane. cool while going through college. And one summer, I went in to a festival, and it was all music, and Sean Colvin was playing. And so I got to walk up to the stage. And then, of course, we were partying at that. At, I had some friends, and we, we partied. It was a good weekend. But I got to shoot every artist. So at the beginning of every artist set, you get, like, the first three songs. So I got to go up right on the stage. And... I stood next to her, like right at the bottom, and she was singing. And I mean, she looked at me a few times, and I, 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 I just, I was in awe of what she was able to do. And I felt like at that moment of watching her on stage, I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to. Here I am, this, you know, college student with a, a camera, and I was mousy and hidden because when you're shooting images, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. So my uniform would be a pair of jeans, a t-shirt and a baseball cap. And then I'd have a big camera bag strapped on my middle, two cameras on each side and kind of try and disappear. And here I was standing there looking at her and she's on stage and she's just singing and blowing my mind. And that song, I would just, I couldn't, I was mesmerized. Like I had to, I couldn't hardly photograph. I was just in awe of how amazing she was. And uh, so she inspired me. Mm. So it was one of the things that made me really want to continue because I played guitar my whole life and wrote songs. But the idea of standing in front of a room full of people and singing those songs, you're so vulnerable. And these words couldn't be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. So How beautiful <laughs> that the album is Polaroids also and that you were a photojournalist. Yes. Oh, well. wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that she also speaks to me more now than ever because a lot of her material is about getting her heart broken and and um she has that whole album that i think is about her divorce too mm-hmm. i'm not sure but but it's uh that whole like sunny came home mm-hmm. i think it's a mm-hmm. pissed off woman mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's yeah i didn't burn stuff. the house down but i made i made limeade <laughs> so yeah. yeah who's your roommate in college oh oh i had several roommates but my favorite roommate was this woman, Danielle. We're not in touch anymore. I tried to find her on Facebook not that long ago, but Danielle was the coolest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were uh, really good friends. And 
She was hilarious. She, uh, we just had funny, like funny shit happen all the time. She uh-huh. was a really cool chick. But I think she moved. Uh, the reason why I haven't been able to get in touch with her, I think she moved to Germany, oh, and wow. I just don't think she's on Facebook very much. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys throw parties? You share yes. clothes, shop. Okay, yeah. yeah, we had things like we did crazy things. One time we we bought twenty five microwaves at an auction. What? <laughs> I know twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> At for like, you know, a hundred bucks. And then we sold them all for $25 a piece. And we took all the money and we just put an ad in the paper and people came over and bought these older what? microwaves. And then That's we, smart. yeah. And then we threw a huge party. Oh. Yeah. Off the money. The microwave money. Yeah. It's or a microwave party. She was a trip. Like um, one time we went out all day, we were walking around and there was a hole in her shirt and we were cleaning our apartment in the morning. So we were wearing just shitty clothes. And then we realized when we got home later in the day, the hole had been up on her shoulder area, like between her shoulder and her chest. And when we got home, I looked at her and it had fallen down. And so her nipple had been sticking out of her shirt all day long. Oh, my God. And we just, she was just funny. She just did like the funniest <laughs> she stuff. Care. She, she cared. But there's nothing you could do about it. Like she just, she's one of those people just really fun. Mm. So. And you were only roommates for... A short time? Um, like a, over a year, but you know, a, my best friends that I have now are actually friends from high school. We're still in touch. Wow. I had a really tight group of girlfriends and we, a, a couple of us just recently met in Vegas and I hadn't seen one of them, like one of my best friends on the planet. I hadn't seen her in like 15 years. Wow. I know. It's crazy how, how fast do you time your, flies. How, how do you and your high school friends do Vegas? What's, what was that like? I mean, we're all liquidy? like, we're, no moms you know uh, <laughs> like, i mean we had fun but it was yeah. i mean i'm the only one that was single in the group they're uh, all there but i mean it was it was fun mm-hmm. but we're all good girls sure. <laughs> shows and i'm sure food and food and drinks and pool yeah. and spa and yeah, yeah. yeah nice yeah. Cool. yeah yeah none of the crazy magic mic stuff no that's that's on my next trip okay. <laughs> with my current girlfriends there you go. <laughs> <laughs> not my high school friends all right, you ready for song number four? Three. No, four. Is oh, it four? four? Yeah. Jeez. Okay, everybody, it's time for a little sing-along, but uh, just for you guys out there, all right? She's this great. It's called Sensitive New Age Guys. I love Wherever this. Wherever you are right now, <laughs> riding in your car or lying on the beach with your Walkman on, please sing along on this song. It'll, it'll help you with your male bonding kind of thing. <laughs> you, I've, I've rounded up every sensitive guy I could find in New York City tonight. <laughs> you can sing along with them, please. Don't be shy. Who like to talk about their feelings? <laughs> oh boy. Who's into crystals, into healing? Sensitive new age guys. <laughs> Who like to dress like Richard Simmons? Sensitive new age guys. This is great. Who are hard to tell from women? Sensitive new age guys. Who like to cry? I gotta flex my muscles. I gotta flex my muscles here. Yeah, yeah, clear my throat. That's a good one, uh, Alana. Do you want a beer? Do you need a beer? Hey, cold beer. Yeah, give me a glass of beer. Play your spaghetti. Mother Meatloaf! Do tell, Lana. So around the same time as seeing Sean Colvin, maybe a year or two later, maybe around, around that same that same window, I'm friends still to this day with this guy. His name's Francis Chen. Um, he lives in Dallas now, but we were really good friends in university. And he was a hippie, like you were saying, your mom. And he uh-huh. had this uh, 
VW bus. Cool. And we would cruise around in the bus and like go on rock climbing. What I used color to, was it? Oh, God. I don't remember. Ah! It was beat up. Uh-huh. It was a beat up bus. And had you, like curtains in the back? It couldn't get up to speed. You know, yes, it did. And when you get on the freeway, it just couldn't get up to speed. Uh, you know? That's a VW bus. So it would take like twice as long to get from San Marcos to Austin. And that was usually where we were going or out to like Enchanted Rock or wherever. Because we, yeah. we would rock. I joined the rock climbing club. And we would. Wow. Yeah, we'd go bouldering and stuff together. He's he my friend. And one day we're driving in some distance. And he had the tape. An actual tape because it's an old. Yeah, I don't do. And he pops in Christine Levine, and we are cracking up. She is so funny. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I was always a huge fan of comedy. Like I would go to the Laugh Stop in Houston. They had this thing called Two Can Tuesday, where you bring two cans and and you could get in free on a Tuesday night, and you didn't have to be twenty one. And that same group of girlfriends that I met in Vegas, we would all go every Tuesday and see basically like a local show with local comedians. Maybe maybe a headliner would linger over from the weekend and do this the show but we'd go and drink virgin daiquiris and watch stand-up but it was mostly men and maybe the occasional woman but no woman who represented me i mean you have to think about it like the like there are not that many until recently beautiful funny talented women that have been given a chance in stand-up wow there were there were some i'm not gonna take away from them like i'm really inspired by i right now i'm like i and always have been really inspired by like ronda Shear and some of the comedians from the 80s that were super funny but they weren't coming to toucan tuesday so (laughs) yeah so when francis popped this tape in i was already playing funny songs on my guitar for years i had but I never heard a female voice doing it and she was inspirational to me i was like oh my gosh there's somebody who's doing something that i could do yeah yeah. Wow. What was the name of the friend? Francis. Francis. Yeah, we're still in touch. I still talk to him. Do you him. still go rock climbing? No. No, I have done the, the you know, the wall climb thing mm-hmm. in the gym. But uh, you know what I'm doing right now? It's really fun. The last six months I've been taking pole dance classes. Get out. Those are so cool. They're, so they're cool. Supposedly That's, they're yeah. really great. It's like yoga. It's, I am so sore all the time in places that I didn't know I could be sore. And you get bruises mm-hmm. on, like, yeah. on your legs and calves and stuff from holding onto the pole. But it's, uh, it's actually for my movie because mm-hmm. I have a part in it where I get to do like a, a dance on a pole. So I started, I'm so not ready for it because I mean, those women who are, I mean, they're professional, not necessarily strippers, but like pole dancers. Mm -hmm. There's competitions for that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. So I've been doing that, which is kind of like. Like rock climbing in some ways because you're climbing on yeah. something and trying to hold yourself from trying not to fall. It's acrobatic. And so yeah, I've been doing that for like six months. I can do some moves on the pole now, not not anywhere near where I want to be, but I'm I'm getting there. I can I can fake it. All it's right, ready funny. for song number five? five? Sure. Which one did you guys choose? Because I left this one up to you. And we're gonna we're gonna put a we're gonna put a link up on the blog for this one. So okay. this is song number five. Your off of your comedy musical album, right? Limeade, and this is called Recycle. Recycle. I began to think I was looking fine when a young boy smiled at me. I flirted back, I gave him a wink, I took him seriously. I thought it was on, sparks in the air, he started to walk my way. Then he waved at my kids, called me ma'am, turned and walked away. Mm hmm. <laughs> Cares about them 
and it's used. That's right. So good. Recycle. If you find yourself a cougar, can we play that? Do not throw Whatever you want, yeah. Like sure. Meatloaf or lasagna, it's always better the next day. Pussy doesn't spoil, so just turn out the light. Like sexual primate steak with a touch of sunlight. If you find yourself a milk, you're gonna have some fun. And the best part, there's milk and cookies when you're done. <laughs> Thank you guys. Like, so, I mean, when, when I, before ever even dreaming of being able to do the individual videos, I had to record the music. And so that's kind of a story all in itself because I was really, 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 really sad because I'd just been served and I was dealing with like the fallout of my life and where am I going? And I, I, I have a friend that I know through the kids school and we also go to like this place where we swim a tennis club. And I, I approached this guy, Norman Arnold who worked at Warner Brother Records Music Division. He was, like, in charge of it. He, he's brilliant. Like, he's made his whole living, his whole life, by making amazing music. And do you ever have those moments where you you, know, you just know they're going to say no, but you do it anyways? Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, Norm. Uh, he, had, he and I had done something very minor together. So I just was like, you know, would you ever be interested in recording some comedy songs? And And I was just, and then he was like, sure. And as he said that, I was like, I was like, Oh, it's okay. I figured, you know, whatever. And then I was like, wait, he said yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was one of those things. So we started working on the album and he's so amazing. Like he was literally like a therapist for me. I would go into his studio and I would cry. Mm -hmm. And then we would put, I mean, I would bring these songs. He would help me make them better. I mean, it was so amazing to be in such a safe place and make a comedy album that's funny yet comes from a really personal spot and he is phenomenal so like that just anyways but the recycle song is you know hilarious it's hilarious it's so funny. yeah it's so. a great perspective yeah. yes <laughs> definitely is well i mean yeah i'm going back out there again and <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a little older so it is different after you've been married yeah i find that like for- how long has it been for you since um, the paperwork was all said and done April last year. Oh, so it hasn't been that long. How long were you married? We were married 13 months, but we were together for six and a half years. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. So you got married and were like, this is not work. Like, did things change after you got married? Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. This is your show. But um, yeah, things did change. And we had spent most of our relationship because he also worked in radio and there was a bit of competition. And yeah. I was very good and much more persistent than he was. And he wanted to play it safe. And we, you know, and I, I never wanted to get married. I wanted if I was going to be with somebody and let's be smart and not spend thousands of dollars on a wedding and a marriage. Let's spend it. On building a life together, and so we bought a house together, and then parents got involved, and we were like, we would really like a wedding. Aww. And then it, it kind of, you know, he asked, and I didn't want to say yes, but that's what you do. You say yes when someone asks you to marry them. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, I didn't want to ask, but we were together for so long, we bought a house together, and I just thought I was supposed to. And, you know, we just, Ugh. I know, it was, but we're, we're good friends now, and, uh, but I found, you know, trying to get back to what you're talking about is dating after. Right. Know, get divorced is so different and i it's been a really interesting process getting to know myself again in a totally new way yeah post-divorce because yeah i i wanted to invest that time and i wanted to build this life and and we had so many dreams and hopes and things that we wanted to do and uh and then all of a sudden 
it was like the pressure of kids and I was like, whoa, that yeah. is, that is a hard left from yeah. this trajectory we were talking about. So, uh, so yeah, but they, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I got some great advice from a friend, a dear, dear friend, uh, after a relationship ended and it was, it was pretty devastating, you know, all around. And I was getting ready to go back out there. I, the same is true for guys, you know, I mean, whether they're sensitive or just like me, yeah. like totally manly man. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, and she said, Sensitive why don't, why don't you, guy. why don't you ask, why don't you ask someone out on a practice date? Oh. You know, cause it'd been so long and I was like, it, and I was in my early thirties and I'm like, it'll never happen. I'm way oh. too old. You know, like it, it was really, you know, kind of a thing. And just like, yeah, what, try, and, and I did. And I got like the, the next three dates were pre- precipitated with like, do you want to go on a practice date? What's a practice date? Well, was, there's no pressure. Who was it? The women that I went on a practice day? Oh, it was more than one woman. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I, I think I was pretty single for the next three years. Yeah. yeah That's was, so good, though. Yeah, I was 34. Can I practice putting my wiener in your vagina? <laughs> See, it, 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 I mean, pra- practice makes perfect. Yes. You know, practice Can makes I? perfect. Yeah. And in, in fact, yeah, I had some double sessions in yeah. practice. Yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I wish I would have n- known, you know, right after I got divorced, like what it would have been like. And somebody, I wish somebody would have said, like, this you're not going to get into another long-term relationship this is just for you to meet people and really figure out who you are and like where you fit post-divorce you know what i mean i wish that i come at it with that perspective rather than like i need to be loved and held forever and i need someone else to fill that void because you don't need that right right? you need to get back on your feet yeah exactly but it is fun to do it with someone else you know what i mean to Mm -hmm. go on to sit across and eat and be like is this do i look weird while i'm eating (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've been so comfortable with somebody all those years (laughs) exactly yeah but you know there's no denying the relationship has to start yeah i mean as corny as it is you really have to be completely down with yourself, yeah. you know, and, and I, I just believe that I'm not going to serve anybody in a relationship if I'm like externally like you, you not complete down with me. me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you got to just, you know, I just, it's weird, but I mean, that's what we should be teaching kids more than like, you know, ABCs, you know, it's just like how to relate to other people how cool you know, or how cool you are, oh, like yeah. how awesome you are and how perfect you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the society's going to tear it apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've been in a few relationships, you know, and when there is that sort of independent piece, yeah. but when, when one or the other becomes you know, a little bit too attached. I don't know. It's I don't. I know nothing. I know nothing about this. Yeah. Please. Nobody. Go on. Nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. does. Yeah. But that's why, and I like the recycle song because it's a positive anthem for mm-hmm. women as they get older and just owning their bodies and owning their and pussy doesn't and go bad. Pussy does not it's go bad, right? Take it from me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a is connoisseur. There, is there such a thing as bad? Pussy? Bad? No. It's like it's a success. It's a success. (laughs) We got through it. Yeah. 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 So it's not bad, but it's always successful. Mm. I always feel like whatever, whoever's attached to it is what would probably make it great. Attached to the pussy? Yeah. Or the the wiener? Yeah. yeah. It's Mm -hmm. what makes it work. Like yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the connection between the person and it's good when it's connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it might just be good because it's there <laughs> too. I don't know. Who, who I... did the song "Detachable <laughs> Penis"? Oh, remember oh, that I song? Yes. Detachable Penis. I remember penis? that. King Missile. Yes, King Missile. I loved them. Mm-hmm. They're they're crazy and funny. Well, you've created a Y Tunes connection. Yes. Yeah. Whatever happened to them? Um. Well, he'd start doing porno. Really? Like when when you have a detachable penis, you can like watch TV and fuck with your hand. 
did did he really start doing porno? No. I would wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. It comes in handy a lot. <laughs> I, I like the narrative sort of vocals. He's narrating to us. <laughs> no, that's their whole thing. He just talks, and it's always time. really funny. He's like, yeah, that's they have so some great. really funny songs. And the, like, how to remember your dreams. I remember that one. Remember that? Did you ever hear? Here, kitty, 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 Just like, what is he talking about? Wake up. How to remember your dreams. You sit up and get in bed and you just go, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Like, wait. Anyways. What's the, wait a minute. What's the last dream you guys remember? Because I had a doozy manoozy and I've only remembered like three major ones. You don't remember. I'm too tired to wake up and remember them. There's not one that you can recall. Not recently. No, but there's been a, the last one you could recall. I mean, I had this weird dream all the time, reoccurring when I was in in college. It used to drive me crazy. I would get up, get dressed, take a shower, get my hairbrush, do everything, brush my teeth, do the whole thing, and then as soon as I was walking out the door, my alarm would go off, and then I'd have to get up and get ready for school for real. So, oh, oh wow! So it was almost Whoa. like Groundhog yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah. I would have the same dream every morning of how to that, getting up and getting ready, and then but, I'd have to do it after my alarm. A went real off. recurring uh, dream. Yes, that was really annoying. <laughs> Maggie Mayfield. Um, it's been a while since I've had a dream, but the I, the first dream that I remember vividly having uh, repeatedly was I was very very young. Mm-hmm. I had very curly hair, very Shirley Temple looking little kid, and my parent. It was all in black and white. My parents took me to this picnic. My sister wasn't in the picture. And uh, I remember sitting on this, like, checkered blanket, had no color, but then there was a clown that was entertaining the crowd at this picnic, and we're just sitting on this blanket, my mom and dad and I, and he gets up and he asks for a volunteer, and I was like, I'll do it. And so I get up there, and all of a sudden, the clown is in color, but he starts putting toilet paper into his mouth, and he starts pulling out these beautiful colored scarves just over and over, like, just, it wouldn't stop, almost like Mary Poppins' bag, you know what I mean? Just like, where does it come from? And he's like, here, you try it. And I was like, okay. So I put the toilet paper in my mouth, and it's just spitting out toilet paper. That's it. That was it. Just spitting out toilet paper. And I was so angry that I couldn't do what this clown was making these. That's so rude. He's such a dick. I wanted the scarves. That's what I wanted. That's an interesting... What a rude clown. <laughs> and I had that dream for years. Are you terrified of clowns? <laughs> I hate magic to this day. Oh. I hate really? magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just had one, and, and I, there are th- this is now the third dream I will probably never forget. There are three in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking down this, this alley. It's like a classic Los Angeles alley where there's like garages and it's dark. And there's a guy about six paces in front of me with a with a down jacket on, and I had this overwhelming feeling like this is not good. This mm. is really not good. The guy turns around. He's got a knife. <gasps> oh. And then he looks over my shoulder and he says, you got him, Joe? And I turn around, and there's a guy with a shotgun sitting down. He goes, I got him. And it That's was like an so old re- movie. It was yeah. so real. It was so real. And I just, because I've been mugged, and I, I know the drill where you sort of have to just carefully pull out the money and not, oh not make eye contact and- you know, and I gave him a lot of bills, and I'm just thinking, I hope these aren't psychos. It was so real. And I so I start moving down the alley, and then I feel this tap on my shoulder, bop, bop, and I turn around, and it's the guy with a down jacket, and he's got my money, and he's kind of interesting-looking guy. And he looks at me and goes, did I scare you? 
and he gave me the money back. What? And then I woke up. Yeah, and I was just I don't know why I'm tripping about it because I think it's kind of tied into something. Oh, I don't know. Man. Yeah. So the the whole oh, you know, I want to analyze thing. the crap out of that. Well, I think, you know, I don't, I'm a big believer in the pain body. I think things happen and we suppress them or we grow from them and sometimes this pain body comes up all of a sudden it's like, "You're a failure. You didn't do anything right. There's no way you're going nowhere." You know that I I trip out sometimes I think yeah, about that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that might have been my ego saying, "Hey, bro, did I scare you? Get back on track." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Getting messages. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Wow. Well, Lana, those were really cool fave five. Thank you for sharing those. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Very unique. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. We love hearing from our listeners as well. So if you want to be our Toon Squad member of the week, our listener of the week, we would love to share your story and your song. So please email in at ytoonsshuffle at gmail.com. We don't have a listener feature this week. Otherwise, I would have shared it with you. Oh, yeah. But uh, please feel free to email again, ytoonsshuffle at gmail.com. This next segment is kind of a brain break because we we are so story intensive. So it's called Band or Bar. Mm-hmm. And David comes up with the name of a band or a bar in a city that our previous guest had chosen last week. So last week we had Sonia Maru come into the studio. She's the director of the L.A. Film Diversity Film Festival. And she decided to take us on a trip to Jamaica. So all week long, David has been researching band names and bar names in Jamaica. And he's going to try and trick us. And uh, all we have to do is figure out which one. If it's a band or a bar in Jamaica. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's every week it's a different location. Okay. Okay, So So settle in. As soon as we figure out, you'll get to pick. These are the names. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Now we're in Jamaica. We're getting ready to go out. (laughs) Do we want to eat at Rock House? Or do we want to... Eat at Barrington Levy. Oh my God! Yeah, Barrington do you want to eat Levy at Rock, or Rock House, House or do you want to eat at Barrington Levy? Because we're going to see some music. And what kind of music do you want to see? Do you want to see some Rock House, or do you want to listen to Barrington Levy? Uh, <laughs> Barrington Levy though would be an individual, not a band. I would think. Uh huh. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old. I, I'm going to have to go with Barrington Levy being the restaurant. Barrington Levy is I was going to say the other way around. Were you? Yeah. Rock House. Rock I want to go eat at the Rock House. You yeah, that. T- I mean, yeah, you could go either way with that. Bar- but it could be like an homage to Brick. She's a Brick House. This is Jamaica. I know. Yeah. Huh. yeah. No, I'm bearing, I'm going to listen to Barrington. Band we'll name go, or we'll bar go, name? We'll go opposite well, and then see what happens. Okay. okay. So we'll start with Rock House. Celebrated as Negril's premier fine dining destination and one of the most renowned restaurants in Jamaica, Rock House Restaurant is perched on volcanic cliffs jutting above the brilliant waters of the appropriately named Pristine Cove. The restaurant features new Caribbean cuisine, a lighter modern interpretation of classical Caribbean cooking incorporating (laughs) local and tropical ingredients and flavors, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, open daily from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., and room service. (laughs) Is also available. That's the Rock House in Negrel, Jamaica. Born in 1964, the same year that yours truly, Hollywood secret weapon hey. David Earl Waterman was born. <laughs> Barrington Ainsworth Levy is a combination of reggae, dance hall, reggae fusion, and reggae jungle. Mm. He's actually been producing music since 1976. So he was wow. an 11-year-old kid when he just got out there. It sounds like a name to... of somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Barrington Levy is what he goes by. The Ainsworth is in his um, you know, Wikipedia. So, uh, yeah, he's on mm. MCA Records, and you can listen to Barrington Levy. So the guy uh, to see when that. you go to Jamaica. BarringtonLevy.net. Check it out. Cool. Yeah. Thanks I for like playing it. Band Name or Bar Name. Now your job. It? 
It's, uh, no, that's you got to pick. Where are we oh, going next yeah. week? Where are we going to go next week? So I should pick a bar? or No, no, no. You just pick a location. Location. I'll research oh. it and I'll find a bar. And oh, bar. okay. Yeah. We'll go to Milwaukee because the safe at. house is so fun. Okay. okay. Shout out to the safe house. Yeah. Milwaukee. Well, now that we've gone through your fave five and kind of brought us current to 2017, let's talk about your guilty pleasure. I'm so bad because I, I'm so busy that I like everything. And maybe this should be my... It's not a guilty pleasure. It's just my reality is everything that I have that plays in the car and that I turn on when it's TV is almost always kid related. Yeah. Mm. So I have had a big education in what is currently hip and popular for, you know, eight and nine year olds. <laughs> <laughs> and in doing that, like um, we listen to serious radio a lot in the car mm-hmm. and my kids really like hits one. So I hear all the really current popular music and I like a lot of it. Some cool. of it, not as much, but I really, I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it doesn't matter the genre. I, I like music in all different genres. It just has to be a good song. But when they're not in the car, here's my guilty pleasure. Howard Stern. There you go. Yeah. Totally get it. Absolutely. I really, yeah. So I'm like ready for the kids to get out of the car so I can do some Stern. I don't have the Sirius or whatever it is. And I I miss Stern. He was a huge part of my early LA days. Miss him. Normally, this next segment would be all about your first concert. Oh, but we did Rafi. you shared that, yeah. Rafi live at the library. Yep. Should we just explore like as a as a pre Maybe, yeah. Is there like a concert? What was your first concert in the States? Like the real concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents took us to a lot of shows when we were little growing up. I mean, we went to see Tina Turner and I mean, and my, and this is an interesting one. My mom had a um, family like uh, membership to the symphony. And so we went and did a lot of highfalutin kind of musical education, which was boring as a kid, but also Mm -hmm. quite lovely. Mm -hmm. And then also, like I told you when I was a photographer, I started shooting concerts so I could get into them. So, I mean, I shot artists from you know van halen to sting to you know you name them pretty much anybody who came through houston i was right. stage side photographing that i could get into so the one you went that. to alone with friends a lot of local bands like uh, not any big concerts because okay. you know, it was broke i hear yeah. so yeah. it wasn't until i started photographing that and then i would you know i would get a press pass and a second pass for somebody else so i would bring my friends to to concerts with me. I had one lucky friend I could bring along. Mm. So I like That's I really cool. I took my my friend Gay Weintraub to see Barry Manilow, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we had so much fun. I will say this: I think Rafi tops the chart. Yeah, yes, so. that's your first concert. That's my yeah. fir- that's yeah. my first concert. That's it. I A won't milk of, it anymore. Like now in my current adult world, everything is so kid based that I haven't really done too many. Adult concert. Well, That's why I need to go on more dates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to start that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to go to some you. shows. <laughs> well, if we have any more questions or we want to follow your work and your new movie that you're working on, how do we find you? What's your corner of the internet? My corner. Just remember my name, Lana Turner, but it's with an H. So if you L A H N A T U R N E R, there's a Lana Turner, who's an old actress, mm-hmm. and I think you can type her name in, and I still kind of come up, or vice versa. But just remember, there's an H in it, and you can find me. Lana Turner. And I, it's the same for my Twitter, for my mm-hmm. Instagram, for my website, all that stuff. It's all the same. Mm. Well, this so. has been truly remarkable. Thank you for sharing all of your stories Thank and you. your songs. Yeah. Thank you. What a fun show you guys have. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Glad that you came. Yeah.